0: Hey Village, Tony here. Welcome back to our second episode of The Village Midweek. This uh, episode we have Josh Yates, formerly the uh, interim youth pastor, and now Josh, what's your new role here at Village?
1: There's a ministry consultant, so yeah, I've been kind of asked to kind of step in a little bit. I think some of looking at the disciple making, um, looking at the, the church, and helping kind of um, build common language around that helping figure out with the children's and the, mm-hmm. the youth and the adults what is that common um, kind of that common hub yeah. that you've already laid down mm-hmm. you've already been working through what is the site making pathway yeah. and how do we actually make it stick how do we kind mm-hmm. of pull it together so uh, so yeah and again it's very very uh, part time yeah. uh, kind of as need basis mm-hmm. um, to come alongside and support as well as the new staff that are coming on and That's new fantastic. team members and kind of shepherding and leading and kind of mm-hmm being somewhat kind of being a, um, a ministry uh, kind of catalyst, kind of helping yeah. pulling things together, but as well as this, i would kind of use the word synergist, kind of yeah. bringing common language and common um, commonality with our team. Mm, so, that's so good. So,
0: yeah. Uh, could you tell us a bit of your uh, ministry background? Because I know we have... Um, uh, uh, some new faces at Village sure. um, and, and potentially some villagers who haven't crossed paths with you because they might not be involved in our youth ministry and so they weren't um, uh, connected to you during your interim time. But could you give us a bit of your your uh, um, ministry uh, highlights, if you will?
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, so I've been serving in the in, in pastoral role or student ministries for mm-hmm. the most part since like 95. So uh, serves as youth pastor here locally for about uh, five and a half years and then stepped in about 10 years ago into a full-time missionary to North America Mm. with a ministry called Sun Life. Uh, And so our operations are in in Wilsonville. So I oversee kind of our our national offices and help support as associate director of love disciple making. So I look at churches and pastors, looking at consulting, looking at training, looking at developing training, coaching, ministry leaders, how to make disciples like Jesus. That's fantastic. Uh, And so that's what I've been doing for the last uh, 10 plus years. That's so good. Well, we're so glad,
0: I'm so glad to have your um, expertise and your experience here on staff. Um, You're not only a fantastic resource for myself, but I know um, you, you provide so much support and depth and insight for um, our, our ministry staff and so glad and so thankful to have Josh stay on in this role that we have you and I think uh, your your insight and your experience uh, lends um, to the conversation we'll have today yeah. in regards to this previous Sunday's sermon sure. so uh, if if you've watched this Week's sermon, Pastor Paul finished up his uh, two-part sermon series um, on uh, uh, trans—sorry, salvation and conversion, and salvation and transformation. And so, Josh, as someone who's had experience with discipleship and uh, um, transformation of the uh, our our formation as we follow Jesus. Um, I I want to read a quote to you and to um, those who are listening um, to really jumpstart this conversation. And so this is what uh, Pastor Paul said um, for us uh, or to us this past Sunday. In his sermon, Paul says this, What's wrong to live a life to fulfill my desires? There seems to be nothing wrong about this, but you must remember this as well. In such a life you are on your own. You're at the center of your life. To remain at the center of your own life is what's called spiritual death. And to remain at the center of your own life forever is what's called eternal death. To insist that you are on your own. And so from your... a ministry background and your background of following
1: Jesus at first blush if you will yeah. what do you how would you respond to that yeah when I heard Paul uh, pastor Paul talking about that on Sunday I think that's that is so true we left to ourselves our own s- s- selfish desires what we're gonna crave what we're going what we're gonna do that is that's really is this vis- is this death mm. but Christ has given us life but it's interesting when you die to yourself what you gain
0: mm.
1: you gain Christ yeah yeah um, and that is the paradox of the spiritual journey yeah um and even what i talked about a couple of weeks ago when i had a chance to kind of preach on the kind of the grand narrative yeah. of the kingdom of god is to realize that from the garden of eden we saw that adam and eve chose their their own desires mm-hmm. to be their own essentially serve their own world yeah and by choosing their own desires becoming their own essentially they want to become their own king yeah, yeah. they're they're usurping god's kingdom plan mm. but god's kingdom desire is that we would be a blessing for extending God's grace and God's love and extending God's mercy Um, Mm -hmm. and so when I think about sanctification process Mm -hmm. is learning Mm -hmm. to say okay who am I in Christ Mm. so therefore I can be how I'm supposed to be originally designed as a follower of, of, of Jesus and so I love what Paul's talking about this what is salvation versus what's Conversion. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, yeah. this has been. I mean, I'm like, wow, what a bold yeah. uh, message to mm-hmm. kind of bring some mm-hmm. clarity of this. Yeah, but then flushing it out of, oh, man, hey, what does it mean to actually be alive in, mm-hmm. in Christ?
0: Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I, I think for us, when when we've been in in church circles or church environments for any amount of years, what we see is there's a diversity. Uh, to everyone's spiritual maturity or everyone's spiritual journey, um, but if we're not careful, we will think that because we're quote unquote further along than somebody, we need to get them to where they're at, uh, yeah. where we're at. Yeah. Um, and and I think uh, oftentimes we'll link that to our salvific journey, the journey of being saved. Is that mm. unless somebody arrives at where I'm at. They're not saved because I know I'm saved and this is what my life looks like as somebody who's saved. How would you say um, or how would you advise to safeguard against that? Because you've served in high capacity roles as a leader and as a pastor and as a, a ministry consultant. How do you guard against the desire to get somebody to wear you think they need to be. Because in, in some ways, we all want to mature. Yeah. And in some ways, we need somebody to get us or lead us to a place of maturing faith. But then there, there can be toxicity on the other side yeah. of that. So how do you safeguard against oh, that? It's so easy that?
1: for us to judge. Hmm. Let's just face it, right? Yeah. yeah. We, we judge what we don't know. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we long for someone to experience what we have. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, we've gone through Christian maturity. Where we're at a certain place. Where we expect or assume others to be at the same place of yeah. maybe spiritual uh, maturity or mm. even understanding that what it means to be a follower of jesus mm. and so i think working with youth ministry so many years mm-hmm. i realized the spiritual journey is like a bowl of spaghetti yeah. Um, yeah and it's not like this clean like if you will waffles are compartmentalized mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. make it and it's easy we check the boxes yeah, yeah. And it's, you can understand where it's at yeah but it is this roller coaster ride mm. and i think uh, one, i think i'd realize i i do realize i don't know what i don't know yeah and when I enter into a place, a posture of, of the spiritual journey to go, okay, it's not my place to judge. But it's my place to come alongside and support. Hmm. Uh, it's my place to try to seek understanding right, and try to be understood. Yeah. Um, and so when I come from a posture of humility, and I realize that actually the genius of Christ's ministry is when He enters into people's lives at their spiritual level of interest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And He entered in and He says, hey, would you just come and see? Would you come and follow me? Hmm. Hmm. And He entered into the world and says, I love you too much to leave you where you're at, mm. but I'm entering your world right where you're at to help you come and follow me. So where yeah. Jesus is entering into my world and say, Josh, would you follow me? It's gonna be different than how he's gonna come alongside mm. maybe you or somebody else. Yeah. But the problem is is that we become much more pharisaical and I think our spiritual expression yeah. at times, yeah. if we're honest with ourselves, mm-hmm. is that we we look at ourselves as maybe better off or better than because mm. and it's, it's all outward ex- externals. Yeah. And so to really judge the heart and judge the process. So I would say, okay, parents, if you're struggling with your, st- your student, you're like, mm. where are they at? Just be faithful, trust, mm. um, and know that it's, it's a journey. Or someone who's kind of wandered away, the prodigal son coming back. And so I think it's just trusting the father heart uh, and realizing that. So mm. I think just the patience of that. Yeah. And a bit as well as guarding your hearts against, I guess, just wanting to judge. Yeah. Because yeah. we want to compare. Totally. And in reality, when we would compare who. who, who we just want to make ourselves feel better. Yeah. Um, and so we're, we're looking at our own lenses and we're trying to make ourselves feel a little bit more secure, yeah. if you will, in our spirituality. Totally.
0: totally. And the, I, I think that flows so well with what Paul was saying this past Sunday because if we're not careful, um, if we're in positions of leadership or influence, if we're further along than somebody else in our spiritual journey... If we're not careful, we project our spiritual desires onto that person's life yeah. rather than in submission to God and what God is doing in that person's life. Yeah. So rather than trying to see what God potentially could be doing in somebody's life and how we can come alongside that work that God is yeah. doing, we project um, our yeah. our own desires yeah. uh, onto that person. I And I think there's... And I don't know if you've heard this, but it seems like there's an ongoing joke within the youth pastor community or former youth pastors that um, at the end of the day, regardless of wherever people are at in their own life, youth ministry principles still stay the same. So even when you're an adult yeah. and and you're a pastor to adults, in some ways it's just grown up youth group. <laughs> exactly. And, and it, it and it comes down to desires. Something that you, myself, and Pastor Drew talked about today, um, as we were talking through youth ministry and how to better serve our students, is how do we let our students know that they're cared yeah. uh, for? How do we honor and value their desires, and not try to um, hijack their desires and yeah. and and like do a bait and switch as if if we can. Uh, replace their desires with God but how do we help them situate themselves right. within uh, their desires within also God's calling on their life and I think pastor Paul's yeah. question is so good like what's wrong to live a life to fulfill my desires because if I'm made in the image of God aren't these desires God-given like mm. how do you wrestle through that because yeah. our desires I mean, if, if God created us to be good, and of course there's sin, and so there's a fallen aspect, there's a corrupted aspect, but how, why is desires for one person wrong and another for another person right? Like, how do you walk through that without uh, being judgmental?
1: Yeah, I, I think it starts. Um... That's a great question. I don't know if I have the answer. Mm -hmm. I'll be Mm -hmm. straight up. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I think this is the conversation. Right, right. Um, But I think it starts with entering in saying, God, what are you trying to speak to your servant?
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And what what maybe permissions have you given that person to maybe feel freedom to? It mm. kind of goes into even the New Testament as wrestling through: Can I eat this type of food? And can mm. I? Where can I? Where do I worship? And even this the legalism that can come into. Mm. Um, and so we have you can have yeah. these desires. Is it wrong to desire maybe a, a nice vehicle? Is mm. it wrong desire to have a, a nice home? Is it wrong mm-hmm. to have a good education? Mm-hmm. Those desires necessarily evil or sinful? Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what you're kind of getting yeah. at. Yeah. Um, but in the end of the day, is I kind of go well. God, what are you trying to speak to your, your child, or mm. your daughter? Mm. What are you trying to say to them? And how are they stewarding these things, these desires, which they, you're using for them to maybe benefit and blessing mm. for their for their community, their family, mm-hmm. their, for their good? Mm-hmm. And so they might be using those tools and those resources for actually God's glory and God's kingdom. Yeah. Whereas to me, I may not necessarily long or desire that same kind of thing, mm-hmm. I have to kind of work through that and kind of. So I think it kind of comes under mm-hmm. the authority and the rule and reign of Christ and saying, yeah. "Hey, I want these desires to be purified, to be done, be done well, and be and have pure motivation, mm-hmm. because I think it's it's not like it's it, again it's this whole thing is the flesh s- sinful." Yeah. Um, or has God redeemed us? Mm. Um, Mm. And so we could probably get into our deeper theological conversation on on some of those things. Totally. Um, And that's where you go back to the mystics, back Mm. to some of the stuff in the Reformation, how they saw, that like some yeah. people say the flesh is sinful so you saw this monastic movement mm. to pull away mm. and so you know you have the um these these spiritual fathers who would go out of the desert yeah. and climb up like a pole 20 right. feet in the air live right. on a two by two piece of wood yeah. eating only one bean a day yeah yeah and trying to eliminate every craving yeah. but yet they were still just as yeah. sin mm. and feeling a sin but you think of like guys like um like um yeah, a, yeah, the names are coming to me, caught mm-hmm. me off guard. I'm, no, no, I'm totally. Sure. I hear you. My, my, my theological professors are going to be ashamed right no, now. No, no, <laughs> not at all. But um, I,
0: I think that's true, is that we're not looking to just um, uh, t- temper our desires, right. but we're looking to transform our desires. Right. So it's not just about trying to get a control of what we want, Right. but we ultimately want to transform and that, and on this journey what we're realizing is we have no power or ability by ourselves to transform our desires. Right. But it's wholly on God's side and that's what salvation is. It's the right. beginning of the journey which is God has saved us and right. so the work that you and I do is in response to yeah. how God has saved us. But I think to to wrap up our, our conversation what I wonder is this um, with our desires uh, how do you How do you safeguard yourself from uh, doing a Jesus juke? And Mm. what I mean by that is this. It starts out with uh, pure motives, but somewhere along the way, Mm. if you're not careful, you've begun to lie to yourself about your motives or your desires. So for some, it could be as easy as, I want to make a lot of money because I want to give back to the church. So it starts as a pure motive of I want to serve God, I want to provide and be philanthropic, I want to care for the underserved communities. But then somewhere along the way, it's more about making a lot of money than it is about caring for underserved communities. How do you safeguard against that?
1: Um, Well, I've never had a lot of money to worry about that. Uh, so that how do, you, how do you safeguard your motives? Mom, yeah, yeah, how do you safeguard your
0: motives? I, would, I don't have a lot of money either, I, I tithe regularly to Powell's books, so yeah, I'm with you, I'm with you.
1: I, I appreciate that question, you know, Tony, I it um, almost kind of comes into the question of just sanctification Yeah. Um, and becoming more like Christ. Mm. And I think the more we become more like Christ, our motives are going to become more Christ motives. Mm. Um, and I think that the reality is the heart is deceitful above all else yeah. who can know the heart of man, Right, right. but only Christ. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is where it kind of goes into, it. I don't think there's a, there's not a recipe for this. Yeah. Um, because sometimes it comes across in moments when you don't hear it, you don't mm-hmm. understand it. It's the, in it's, the, it's in the gentle whisper. Yeah. Um, yeah. and sometimes we can ignore that gentle whisper for so long mm-hmm. that, um, that Christ you know kind of intervenes and disrupts our world in different ways to kind of get our attention
0: yeah
1: and so i think a couple of things is one is our ears open to how mm. god's speaking mm. and how he's leading Is he our spirit yeah. in tune to this the you know being the steps of christ yeah um i think it's community i mm. think community helps us shape us Yeah. because to ourselves i don't know that's why i need i need brothers and sisters in christ to speak gently totally. and correctly and maybe boldly totally. into my life and say josh you know we see a behavior attitude it seems like Seems to be more agitated in this other area. Mm. Seems like there's a there's there's a false god you're serving. Yeah. Um, because we're our, our hearts are idol makers. Yeah. Um, and we, there's something out there that we are serving. Yeah. Um, there is. Yeah. Um, y- you can name it. There's something out there that we're craving. We're longing to fill our desires and our longings of our hearts. Totally. Um, that would be outside of God's desire and plan. Mm. So I think community speaks to that. Mm. I think I think it's, uh, it's really just asking the Holy Spirit every time, hey, God, is there something in my heart, in my life that you want, and having yeah. a regular discipline to even have that in our lives. That's so good. Um, so, you know, carving out space. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think COVID has created space in our lives, but in that space, have we paused long enough, to say, hey God, what are you saying to me? What are you trying to speak to me? What are you trying to teach me today yeah. in this, these circumstances? Yeah. So having a regular rhythm, and that's, again, Jesus is my model for life and ministry. Jesus so, regularly would slip away to a solitary place mm, mm. and to pray. Why did he have to do that? Because I think there was a, a dependence on the Father he had to have. Mm. So he knew what step to do, what 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 decisions he had to make, and the pressures of the world around him. Totally. He had to, to be able to know what his next steps were going to be. Well, th- yeah. he had to listen to the voice of the Father to navigate those, those mm. things. So I... If it was for Jesus, I can't assume that I'm going to be able to yeah. to to ignore that. Yeah. So yeah. I too have to have discipline in my life to listen yeah. to the voice of the Father, get away mm. to a solitary place to pray, to mm. to ask, Hey God, would you guide me? Would you lead me? And making sure that these things I long for, mm. um, things I, I want to do. I mean, even like petitioning God, Hey, I have a desire to take my family on a vacation this summer. Is this what? You, is this the time? Is this where I should do? Is this how I should use my money? Use my resources? I literally yeah. was asking God for clarity. Is mm. this? how I want to use time, energy, and resources for my family. Yeah, that's so um, good. And so even simply as a vacation yeah. to um, you know, other bigger decisions in life, but I think yeah. I th- you know, community, prayer, those are the two things. I mean, there's more than that, no, but those are the so two good. things that come to mind.
0: No, thank you so much for that. I think if we were to look for uh, more biblical evidence for how we safeguard our motives, I think right. we can look... I forget whether it's a Colossians or Ephesians, where it talks about Jesus had everything, but he emptied himself yeah. for our sake. And I think that's, yeah. that's what you're talking about, is yeah. uh, we emulate Jesus as he emptied himself. The way we safeguard our motives is when it's no longer for us, but it's for others. Yeah. Um, I think a fantastic sermon that we have in our sermon catalog is yeah. Insul's Sermon, on The Failing Way, you should definitely check that out. But also check out uh, this past week's sermon if you haven't so you have some more context for this episode. But Josh, Gosh. I just want to say thank you yeah, so much fun. for your time. And as always, uh, feel free to send in questions. Uh, you can send uh, email me at tony at villagebeerton.com and we'll make sure to answer uh, whatever questions you may have. But it's our hope and our desire that this podcast serves as a way for you to uh, touch base with the happenings at Village, but also as a way to debrief uh, the weekend sermon. Um, so as always, thank you for joining us and we'll see you next week.